place in 2 Timothy, if you'll find that. We'll look at our verses from this morning. And then if you'll find the book of Ephesians, uh, and then uh, the book of Revelation, uh, chapter number 2, is where we will be. Uh, with our theme verses and the uh, preaching, the teaching we've been having in the book of Philippians, uh, we have, um, uh, we know that those are prison uh, epistles. Uh, and, uh, and so uh, Paul writing from prison uh, and uh, to uh, these churches that needed encouragement. Uh, there was a time uh, in uh, Bible history, which is the same as now. It's always been difficult uh, to reach people with the gospel. Uh, and uh, back then was difficult uh, in a different way than it is uh, today. Um, I believe that uh, as wicked as it is now, it was more wicked uh, even then. Uh, and it was even more wicked prior to that, so wicked that God wiped everybody out uh, with the flood. And uh, so um, it's, a difficult, it's difficult to reach people for Christ uh, anywhere uh, in the world. Uh, but Paul, uh, in the first century uh, time, uh, encouraging these churches uh, to stay faithful. Uh, and in the book of Ephesians, which we'll look, we're not going to read the whole book, obviously, uh, but we'll give some key verses from that. Uh, he uh, wrote uh, to the church at Ephesus from prison uh, and then also uh, wrote uh, 1 Timothy, not from prison the first time, after that. Uh, it's after the book of Acts and all that stuff that was going on, the missionary journeys, to encourage his young preacher boy uh, and uh, in the pastoral epistles. We read in 2 Timothy, where you should be at uh, with your uh, Bibles right now, and uh, appreciate uh, the song about the Bible uh, that the young people sung a moment ago. Uh, the Bible says this, and you can remain seated for this, verse number 5, when I call to remembrance of chapter number 1, when I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee, which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois uh, and thy mother Eunice, and I am persuaded that in thee also, wherefore I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Be not therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me his prisoner, but be thou partaker of the afflictions of the gospel according uh, to the power of God. And again, a familiar verse, uh, because we see this also in the book of Ephesians, who hath saved us, verse 9, and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world begin, uh, began. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, I pray that you bless this message tonight. Uh, speak to our hearts, please. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, so Timothy needed some encouraging, uh, probably because of, uh, of the uh, difficulty, uh, the false teaching, uh, the, the difficulty of, uh, of having a church plant uh, under the time of Nero. Uh, Christians were being persecuted. Uh, and uh, he's telling Timothy, of course, to endure. Hardness is a good soldier in chapter number two. Uh, but he tells them that God doesn't give them a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind and to stir up the gift of God uh, that is in him. Uh, and he had a godly heritage uh, in his grandmother and his mom. Uh, and uh, was taught the Word of God from a very young age. Uh, and, uh, and Paul grew uh, very close to him uh, and uh, called him, of course, a son uh, in the faith, etc. Loved him, so encouraging them. And this morning we talked about how we just stir up the, uh, stir up the gift of God in us. Uh, we can be apathetic. Um, I don't think it's persecution that's done it to us. I think it's, uh, it's sin, uh, it's uh, religion uh, and churchianity, uh, if you want to call it that. Uh, we kind of get in ruts and we do the same thing. And, you know, I try to, um, you know, uh, think about ways to, to change things up uh, in services, um, but I, I can't really uh, see how to do it uh, in some ways. Um, I think maybe if we sang uh, a whole service and just worship God and sang, that might be something we could do. Uh, maybe, you know, um, I'd sit behind a desk and have you stand the whole time while I'm preaching uh, do it like old school, like they did in the Bible, that that would be uh, a good thing. Uh, and then uh, also we have a, a missing kid up here. Uh, if somebody wants to kind of grab this one here uh, and uh, play in. Uh, anybody at all? <laughs> uh, and uh, I think it's a creek uh, that's under uh, up here. And, uh, and so uh, he's having a good time, uh, but that means uh, I'm not having a good time. <laughs> and, uh, all right, there we go. Uh, so uh, where was I? 
um, in the Bible, uh, Paul, uh, writing to Timothy. And he says in verse number 9 that God's called us to his holy calling, not according to our works. We're saved by grace through faith and out of our works. It's the gift of God. We know that from Ephesians chapter number 2. So Timothy uh, was pastor uh, of the work at Ephesus. Uh, and we also know that Paul was there. Uh, we know that Apollos was there at one point. Uh, Timothy, um, for quite a while, uh, as the pastor of that, uh, of that church in Ephesus, uh, the Apostle John, um, his history says that he was there, uh, and whether he was the bishop at that time, but he was involved, he lived there, uh, and it's believed that uh, while he was in Ephesus, he wrote 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John uh, in our Bible, uh, and then was exiled to Patmos, uh, where uh, he was, um, uh, you know, at uh, later in his life, around 90, 95 uh, A.D., uh, where he penned uh, the book of Revelation, or the Revelation, uh, and, uh, and had some things to say about the church of Ephesus, where he was and had lived uh, and seen uh, over the course of time uh, that we're going to get to here uh, in a second. So uh, Paul writing to Timothy uh, from prison, uh, and, uh, and he, not, uh, the Timothy wrote to Ephi, the church at Ephesus from prison, uh, and uh, he's encouraging him uh, as he's pastoring. Let's go to the book of Ephesians uh, for just a little bit here. Uh, and I want to, uh, it's important for us to see uh, in a summary way uh, what the book of Ephesians is about. Paul, again, writing from a Roman prison, uh, intended with the book of Ephesians uh, to, um, to bring the Christians at Ephesus to a maturity. Uh, we should be growing, we should be maturing uh, in the Lord, that's God's plan. If we're not maturing in the Lord, um, that is uh, a spiritual problem. Uh, if you've been saved for any length of time, uh, you should be uh, have grown, uh, gone along in the sanctification process. I think if you've been saved for 10 years, 20, 30 years, you should have some wisdom that comes from the Word of God, not just... Uh, street smarts and wisdom that comes from having lived uh, a while, uh, but uh, wisdom from the Bible. Uh, and the older is supposed to teach the younger. Uh, it's sad when, uh, of course, young people are supposed to be an example in their youth, uh, and, uh, but in a lot of places around um, you know, our churches and different, uh, oftentimes it's the young people who aren't the future of the church, so the present uh, church, uh, and they do a lot uh, of what goes on uh, in the church where there might be people who've been saved for a long time uh, are not. So enclosed within the book of Ephesians uh, is uh, the discipline needed uh, to develop ourselves into true Christians, uh, true children of God, uh, and it's filled with doctrine. But here's what we tend to do. Uh, we kind of look at the book of Ephesians, for the first five chapters, and we kind of you know, race over it to get into the armor of God in chapter number six. And, uh, but the fact of the matter is, is that we can't live um, a life practically for God, a Christian life in the present world, without a foundation in doctrine. Um, today, we have churches who who focus on our position in Christ, which it really is the first part of Ephesians, uh, and they focus on that with, with very little practical uh, application uh, or uh, living a godly life. Uh, then we have churches who focus on godly living uh, and personal holiness without the foundation of the doctrine, the theology uh, that is needed. Um, our belief drives our behavior. So when you read the book of Ephesians, I hope that you read all of it, that you study all of it, because the aim of the epistle uh, is to confirm and to equip uh, maturing Christians, uh, the church at Ephesus, then ultimately us, uh, to live uh, for God. Uh, it, it, it presents a, a balanced view uh, of the body of Christ and its importance to God. Uh, and there's some key verses that we're just going to look at, just a couple of them, and not really look at the whole book itself. Turn Ephesians chapter number 1 and verse number 3. The Bible says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. And uh, we ought to be thankful that we're seated together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, uh, that, he, uh, that He has saved us. In chapter number 2, uh, verses 8 through 10, we know that one. 
those verses pretty well. For by grace are you saved through faith, that not of yourselves it's the gift of God, not of works lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. So Paul, just several years before he wrote the book of 1 Timothy, had wrote the book of, uh, of Ephesians uh, and had mentioned uh, to Timothy uh, what he had already uh, wrote in that letter. Uh, and so it was kind of repetitious in a way or, or a reminder. And Paul is good about that. I was in a meeting uh, last night with the, with the church till uh, pretty late in the evening. Uh, and we we're talking about forgiveness and a bunch of different things. And something that came out in the meeting was there were people um, who, uh, th- I guess their take on stuff was to say, all right, we're hearing too much about forgiveness uh, that we can't heal. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and so I was kind of befuddled about that. Um, you can't not preach about forgiveness. Uh, it's throughout our Bible. It's just there, and and uh, redemption, and just uh, it's just a theme that's throughout. And we're coming, we get close to, to Easter, Resurrection Sunday, uh, and we'll look at, of course, the resurrection being the keystone to our Christian faith. Uh, but uh, besides that, forgiveness is another one. We can't know the Lord without it. Uh, we read all the way through our Old Testament. You know what they had done with uh, sacrifices, etc., all the way through. So to to not preach on forgiveness, I just it'd be very difficult to do that. Um, but people who, people who give never get upset when you preach on giving. All right? Um, so, uh, and we can use a bunch of different analogies. So when people, people who get upset at preaching about forgiveness, my personal opinion, uh, is they may have difficulty with forgiving. And, uh, and when you hear preaching, uh, the Holy Spirit of God convicts our heart. And, uh, and so a couple of the people that were there were kind of like, that doesn't make any sense. I agreed. It doesn't make any sense. Uh, we need more of it. Uh, and, uh, and by the way, you'll know if you have forgiven somebody um, biblically, if um, you, know, you can be around them, it's not awkward. You see them at Walmart, you don't you know, uh, go the other direction. Uh, and uh, there, are a lot of, uh, there are a lot of things that tell us that we haven't uh, forgiven. And so we're saved by grace through faith. It's not of ourselves, it's the gift of God. Uh, So he repeats that uh, to Timothy, uh, something that he had wrote uh, in Ephesians uh, in his first letter to him. Uh, In chapter number four of the book of Ephesians, uh, in verses four through six, the uh, Bible says this, and these are just key verses. It's filled with doctrine and filled with theology. Uh, We need more preaching uh, in churches uh, about doctrine. We're supposed to have sound doctrine. Uh, and uh, there, are, there are preachers, pastors, groups of people uh, that say we don't need doctrine. All right? And uh, if you are listening to a podcast or reading a book uh, and that's the sentiment of whoever you're following, um, stop. <laughs> Uh, stop reading their stuff, stop listening to their, their things. We have to continue uh, in what we've been taught. And it's not just by, uh, by epistle, but also by word. Traditions uh, that have been passed on. Uh, it is okay, it is okay, it is okay to have traditions in church that, aren't, that are not um, written uh, in the Word of God. All right. It's by epistle and by word uh, we're to continue in uh, those traditions. Verse number four of chapter number four, there is one body and one spirit, even as you are called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism. Uh, Some people like one Bible college. Uh, They like throw that one in there. Uh, One God and Father of all who is above all and through all and uh, in you all. And so there's a lot to unravel right there. Uh, and uh, from a theological standpoint, uh, and, uh, but um, uh, Paul instructing them, he's writing. Uh, and, uh, and maybe if you were, I, I mentioned this morning, uh, when you're in solitude and you're alone, he in, he's rejoicing, uh, but he's also thinking, he's also, also contemplating. People are coming, going, he's, his letters are going out uh, to these churches, uh, and he's instructing them on the theology where a church at Ephesus was right in the mix of, of all the paganism, uh, all of the, the wickedness, uh, and they needed the foundation that comes from, um, from God. Uh, and remember, they were, they were doing what they were doing in Ephesus, reaching people for Christ, uh, and they had Old Testament scriptures. So as Paul's instructing them about who they are in Christ, um, this, is, this is news to them. 
in, in some respect because they've not, you know, you've gone through the book of Ephesians a million times if you, if you read your Bible as a Christian. Uh, again, you know, skip, 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 whole armor of God uh, because uh, some of these things are more difficult to, to unravel. But don't, you know, uh, don't run from that. Whenever, whenever I was, uh, uh, if I had like, I didn't like peas when I was a kid. Uh, and uh, and uh, so, uh, you know, the idea was you, I was taught eat the stuff that you don't like first, uh, get it out of the way, and then eat the stuff that you do like. And, um, and so there's some, some character uh, building, I guess, in doing that. Uh, and so don't, don't skip over the hard stuff in the Bible uh, because it's hard. Um, dig into it. Uh, and uh, in where you don't know, you can find out. Uh, and one of the wonderful things we have today with uh, the Internet, uh, you, it can help you in a lot of ways. Uh, and that's a good thing about the Internet. Uh, so you can search. There's commentaries and uh, many different things. Uh, verse 5, uh, uh, chapter 5, verse 21, um, key verse in that passage isn't about, you know, women, uh, you know, obeying their own husbands and in subjection to them. Uh, but the key part is in verse 21, submitting yourselves one to another uh, in the fear of God. Uh, there's supposed to be mutual submission and, the, and the, uh, the measure is the fear of God. When you live for God, you have the fear of, of the Lord in your life and in your heart. Um, it's easier, of course, to, uh, to obey Him and, and to uh, look at the Word of God and see that His commandments aren't grievous, but we also get along with each other. And, uh, and, and really, that's if we do all things as unto the Lord, uh, our jobs, our relationships, everything done for Him, uh, that, will, that will revolutionize uh, all of those dynamics. And then in chapter number 6, uh, the book of Ephesians, verses 10 and 11, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord, and in the power of His might, put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Uh, so it's broken down, the uh, book of uh, Ephesians, into three main parts. Uh, chapters 1 through 3 uh, introduce us to the principles in respect to God's um, accomplishment uh, accomplishments in salvation and what he's done in providing for that in chapters four and five um, are about our our present existence you know in how in living and then the chapter six uh, is really concerning our daily uh, our daily struggle uh, how we're to combat Satan uh, and to put on the whole armor of God and that's something you should do every day you should wake up in the morning uh, and uh, and just gear up uh, because you know full well uh, that, uh, that you're going to have uh, it's a spiritual battle. It's a spiritual warfare. Uh, just the other day, well, when, I'm, uh, when I go to Ghana uh, in uh, April, uh, I'll be uh, teaching uh, 12 lessons. I thought it was more. I'm thankful that it's 12, uh, but uh, on Christian counseling. And if you're not familiar, Brother uh, Marvin Smith, uh, Fort Dodge, Iowa, uh, we had him here several years ago uh, for a spiritual warfare conference. Uh, and, uh, and he actually, um, we have all of his content. I do in my office, multiple copies of all that stuff. And so if anybody ever needs those things, everything from dealing with addictions to uh, just uh, battles in our mind and, and everything. So I, so I reached out to him and I said, okay, if you had one chance, uh, you don't know if you're going to go back again and you had to teach 12 times on Christian counseling, what would you do? Uh, and he said, call me on whatever day, and I called him back, and he gave me some insight uh, and, uh, and what to do, but, um, but he is, they actually have a counseling, you can get a degree in spiritual warfare counseling, all right, um, and when we, when we hear that, when people who aren't saved and read their Bible, when you think about spiritual warfare, it kind of sounds kooky, um, but it isn't, it is real, uh, and it is every day, uh, and um, without the armor of God, um, there's not a one of us in this room that a ma- is a match uh, for the devil. You can't, uh, uh, it, you just, you've got to be geared up uh, uh, all of the time. It always cracks me up. I, of course, I like ride motorcycles, and they, you wear protective gear and all that kind of stuff, and it always cracks me up when I see a guy uh, riding his motorcycle with full gear, uh, and his girlfriend's on the back uh, with just a helmet, <laughs> and, uh, uh, and, uh, and so she needs to be armored up uh, as well. We all need to be armored up uh, with the armor of God. So doctrine uh, occupies uh, the greatest portion of the book of Ephesians. Again, we often bypass it uh, to get to the closing chapter. So Paul, uh, so we can move on, 
He writes the, the church at Ephesus. Uh, they need this instruction. They need this foundation. They need to understand who they are in Christ, what Christ has done for them to equip them, to help them mature so they can reach uh, that area of Turkey uh, with uh, the gospel. And it was a difficult time. Uh, and through all of that, Timothy, the, the pastor of the church at Ephesus, um, was probably um, beaten down. Uh, and and in fighting these fights and uh, and just trying to serve in like anybody that's got blood running through their veins was probably discouraged uh, uh, in that process. Paul, uh, knowing that, hearing about it, whatever the case may be, writes First Timothy to him to try to encourage him. Uh, and of course, we see uh, qualifications and a lot of things that he puts in his first letter to Timothy in these pastoral epistles. Several years later. Um, uh, after, uh, or after he is uh, back in Rome, uh, ready to be executed, uh, and, uh, and he writes 2 Timothy, uh, the last epistle that he wrote. We referenced that this morning. Now, 30 years later, this church is equipped. Um, they've got a great number of men of God who every one of us would benefit by sitting down and talking with them just this uh, hall, the hall of faith type of Christians that we, uh, that we see uh, with uh, these men, Paul, Apollos, Timothy, John. Uh, I tried to look up um, what was going on uh, during that period between uh, Timothy and the writing of Revelation chapter number two. Not a whole lot of information. However, um, when we read in Revelation 2, um, we can, we can understand that they did not do what the Apostle uh, John said to do. Because in the second century, uh, the church at Ephesus was no more. And, uh, and the warning that we read about in Revelation 2 was, we will remove the candlestick um, um, if this isn't done. So that candlestick was removed. Uh, they didn't heed uh, what John had written. So let's go to uh, Revelation in chapter number 2. So here's a church that was thriving, that had all the wonderful men of God uh, preaching and teaching instruction. They had foundation and doctrine uh, that, uh, that um, written to them specifically. You think of the book of Philippians um, that he had written. Uh, there wasn't, it was more of a love letter uh, than anything. Um, the book of Colossians, another prison epistle, has a little more doctrine in it than the book of Philippians. But Ephesians, filled with it. Um, I would have to say that that church, educated, um, um, mature, uh, battle-ready, armor-of-God Christians, fighting it out, living for God uh, in a wicked, vile first-century time uh, that uh, was a very difficult time to live. And they did well, and they did well for a long time. 30 years... Uh, have passed from when the book of Ephesians was written uh, to where the book of Revelation is written uh, by John on the Isle of Patmos. And here's what he says, uh, beginning in verse number one of chapter number two. Unto the angel of the church of Ephesus write, These things saith he that holdeth the seven stars in his right hand, who walketh in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. I know thy works and thy labor and thy patience, and how that canst not bear them which are evil, uh, which thou hast tried them which say are, they are apostles and are not, and hast found them liars. And hast borne and hast patience, and for my name's sake hast labored and hast not fainted. Nevertheless, uh, that's, you know, Bible speak for having said that, <laughs> I have somewhat against thee, because thou hast left thy first love. Remember therefore from whence thou art fallen, and repent and do the first works, or else I will come unto thee quickly and remove thy candlestick out of his place, except thou repent. But this thou hast, that thou hatest the deeds of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. And he that hath an ear, uh, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. To him that overcometh will I give to eat of the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. Then he writes, of course, to six other uh, churches. Uh, the angels of those churches. Uh, he walks in the midst of these candles, uh, these golden candlesticks. 
uh, and uh, these are the Lord's churches, and he has some things good to say, uh, some things um, not so good to say uh, about some of them. Uh, but the church of Ephesus was a caring church. Uh, we read about that, about their work, their labor, and their patience. And, uh, and, and God, God's pleased uh, with um, the balance between um, patience and the firmness that it takes to stand fast. Uh, or to stand firm uh, in doctrine. And, and we're encouraged to do that. But we're also to be uh, people who uh, love uh, and uh, have grace speech uh, and, uh, and balance those things out. Like uh, from 2 Timothy, how that the power of God is counterpoised with the love of God. We're supposed to have it all. We should be mature uh, in all these different areas. So they were a caring church, and God knew that about them. Uh, and, uh, and they were a contending church. Uh, it said that they uh, can't bear them which are evil. Uh, l- let me say this. Um, it is a cons- it's consistent with the Bible uh, to have um, animus towards false teaching uh, and uh, for us to be upset about it. How we, it says that we can't, can't bear them <laughs> uh, which are evil. Um, you might hear me say this about another uh, preacher um, can't stand him, all right? And the reason I say that is because they're just constantly teaching um, things that aren't true. And, and some of them, by the way, taught the truth for years, some of them decades, uh, and, then, and then transition uh, into uh, where they are now. Uh, and I've, either two things are true. Either they're, they're lost and they don't know any better, um, or they, or they do, and neither one of them are good. Uh, and uh, but um, it, it says that you, you know, uh, you can't bear them which are evil, and has tried them which say they are apostles and are not, and has found them liars. Uh, and uh, and even later on, it says you hate uh, the doctrine of the Nicolaitans, uh, and he says which I hate. Uh, we ought to love the things God loves and hate the things that God hates. Amen. And when you look at the uh, the philosophy and the the um, the teaching of whether it's um, the Nicolaitans, whether it's the, whether it's the Libertines or um, the Gnostics, uh, all these groups that uh, were just coming into these first century churches, uh, um, it, it, we're not supposed to embrace it and just, and just allow for it to happen. We're supposed to knock it out uh, and get rid of it and warn or whatever. And, uh, and I, can't, I don't even know how many times as a pastor, uh, that I've told people, you know what, this is not the place for you. Um, and you say, well, that's not the way to grow a church. Um, you don't, I, I don't want to fill a church up with goats. Uh, you know, um, it's uh, churches, for, churches for saved people. Uh, and, uh, and we've got to, we, hopefully churches will get back to that. But this was a contending church, a caring church, yes, uh, but balanced, they were a contending church. Uh, and uh, they uh, and they were consistent. Look at verse number three. And has born and has patience, and for my name's sake has labored and has not fainted. So they were in Ephesus preaching the word of God, um, rooting out evil, uh, t- false doctrine. Hey, we're not having that around here. The Nicolaitans come in and say, "No, we don't want that doctrine. We hate that doctrine. God hates it." Uh, and God and God said, "Yay, uh, church at Ephesus, you did good." Uh, by uh, this stand and this position, uh, and they were consistent in it uh, and uh, labored and didn't faint. Uh, so um, the Bible says that uh, we aren't to faint. We're to work on. We're not to despair. Uh, and we sing that song, It Will Be Worth It All, uh, when we see Jesus. Uh, and hopefully we believe that. Uh, but there shouldn't be any quit in us uh, when it comes to our Christian life. And, uh, and there's just way too many people that I've known over the course of time. And if the Lord doesn't come back, and if I pastor another 10 years, 20, 30 years, whatever it is, uh, there's going to be scores and scores and scores of people uh, that, were, that were in uh, church and then out of church. And I'm not just talking about going and finding a different church. I'm just talking about being in church. And, uh, and that is, um, if you're a sincere, saved child of God, you can't live that way. Uh, and uh, if you're a sincere, saved child of God, uh, you can't, if you say, I like church, I like organized religion, there's too many hypocrites, uh, blah, 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 I can worship God at home, all of those are um, inconsistent uh, with, uh, with living a life, uh, having a conversation that becomes the gospel 
of, of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, and uh, you're supposed to love your brothers and sisters and, uh, and, uh, and bear their burdens, etc. It's one of the wonderful, blessed privileges of our Christian life is the fellowship that we have in the local church. Uh, and, uh, but we're not to have, and one of the things that well, I say churches for saved people, uh, we're not supposed to have fellowship with darkness. Um, the Bible is clear about the, the law uh, of, of holiness, that which is holy is always profaned by that which is unholy. It's not that we're not supposed to be friendly and cordial, whatever. You've got, if you've got lost uh, friends or whatever, you should be witnessing to them, um, but I'd be very careful about spending very close, intimate time with them. Uh, and uh, and you sh- it's just, uh, it's incompatible. Um, uh, we're supposed to win them to Christ, and that would be the best thing, uh, but I guarantee you, um, their, uh, their lifestyles and their language and their everything else, their humor, everything rubs off on you. Um, you aren't rubbing off on them. All right? And uh, they may, for a time, temper what they say and do in your presence, but the longer you're in their presence, the, the, those guards come down. And, uh, and, uh, and as they come down, um, what you do is you justify it in your own mind is that you want, to, they need you. And so you continue with it. But I promise you, one, you can't save them. Uh, the Holy Spirit's uh, got to do the work. Uh, and, uh, and so it's, you've got to be very, very careful. You say, you just don't want me to have any friends. Uh, that isn't what I want. I just, I just want you to, uh, to stand before God, having done well, and staying in church, and staying right, and being pure, uh, and, uh, and hating uh, evil and wickedness, and, and not fellowshipping with it. Uh, and, uh, and you say, well, I don't, have, uh, I don't have enough Christian friends. Then you're not meeting people at church. Uh, and because uh, there are a lot of people. And by the way, it's not just our church. We go to men's retreats. Ladies, you know, got spark coming up. Uh, there are Christian men and women uh, solid in biblical in churches. So even if you look around this, say, oh, I love my brothers and sisters, but there's nobody at Berean Baptist Church that I can just really hang out with and, uh, and have, you know, whatever. There are Christians all over the place. And, uh, and you, can find, you can find godly friends, uh, and, uh, and you don't have to hang around with all your lost ones. And all of God's people said, amen. amen. I know that's hard to hear, uh, but uh, it's, in, it's important for us. So uh, this was a caring church, a contending church. They were, they were consistent, and they were concerned about what the Lord was concerned about. Uh, but um, he gives them three things that they're supposed to do, which in hindsight, we know that they didn't. Um, and because the church of Ephesus, the next century. So he's writing in uh, uh, John, the revelator, uh, in 90 to 95 uh, A.D. Uh, so when's second century? <laughs> right? So it wasn't very long uh, after this book was written uh, to in this information about, and it's prophetic, and I understand all that, but these were actual places. Uh, that, um, that God uh, was, was inspiring John to write about. And this one in particular was where he lived um, before he was exiled to Patmos. And so can you imagine, um, you know, uh, you're just, you're, you're writing by verbal plenary inspiration and, uh, and it said, unto the angel of the church of Ephesus. He knew who that was, um, you know, and, uh, and write this, and it's like, I know thy works and thy labors, this is all good, uh, and, uh, and on and on. Nevertheless, uh, I have somewhat against thee. That had to probably be difficult for him to write that, uh, and, uh, but he wrote it. And here's what he said, and it's three things, uh, and we're done. The first thing he says is, remember, therefore, verse 5, from whence thou art fallen. He wanted them to remember as I, uh, this morning, as we talked about apathy uh, and, uh, and, and how to stir up the gift of God that is in us, uh, we all struggle from that or with it um, in different ways. Uh, some, people it's, some people are apathetic to the things of God because they're not concerned about the things of God. Uh, if you've not been regenerated, born again, uh, you don't desire the milk of the word and, uh, and, and have a desire to be in the house of God or to fellowship with other Christians. Um, the Bible, you're not subject to the law of God, neither can indeed be, uh, because you're under condemnation. Uh, so there are some people who aren't interested in going to church, not interested in Christian fellowship or the word of God because they're not saved. But if you're saved, 
those things should be there. And at one point, uh, when, especially when you first got saved, it was new and it was fresh, um, you were excited about it. You, you, you loved reading your Bible. Uh, even, if, even if you're somebody who doesn't really enjoy reading, uh, if you're a believer, you enjoy reading Scripture because it's, it, it means something to you. Uh, and uh, so you, uh, you, you love to do that. So he tells them, you need to remember from, from whence you've fallen. You need to go back in, in your, your inventory, in your memory, uh, and just think about all that God has done. Uh, and, uh, and, w- and it's really easy for the church at Ephesus uh, because they had a letter that rehearsed to them all the things that God had done for them. Uh, and, uh, and they were reminded of it, and it was taught and instructed, probably more so uh, in the church of Ephesus, I would imagine, uh, than in some of the other churches. And, uh, and, uh, and there were some very strong, uh, close, personal uh, Timothys, and uh, of course Paul himself, uh, and John, um, you know, people that were there. And, and so when, he, when you go uh, and you read the book of Ephesians, in fact, jump back there just real fast, uh, and the uh, book of Ephesians, look towards the end of that book. And this is typical with, with Paul's, uh, Paul's letters uh, to people. Uh, actually, it's uh, not there. I can't remember where I was looking earlier this morning. Uh, it might have been uh, in... That was probably 2 Timothy. Anyways, he said, you know, uh, you know say hi to Claudius and... Say hello to this person, and uh, this person's this, and this one's staying back, and Miletus is here, and, uh, and I've sent Luke el- elsewhere. Uh, and he's giving them all of the, uh, uh, these insights to people. Remember, Paul, very seldom we see Paul praying for, um, you know, stuff. He was always praying for people. He's always praying for other Christians, uh, which is a wonderful thing uh, that we should all do. So he says, remember, remember what it was like. Uh, when you first got saved. Uh, remember what it was like when it was fresh and new. Remember the truth. Uh, in fact, he told the church of Galatians, who who's, who's bewitched you? Uh, you know, what's going on? What have you heard? Who are you listening to that you so soon? This, this was, you know, Christianity, first century, it was fresh and it was new. Uh, and, and it had to be exciting um, to see, you know, like in Jerusalem, thousands of people get saved and baptized and unite with the church. Uh, these Christians who were living for God uh, and, uh, and the strength that it came. And uh, by the way, the, the more difficult life is, um, the stronger uh, the Christians are. Um, we need that. Um, it's not that I, you know, uh, I don't want to live our life as Christians being anemic and apathetic to the things of God. If it, if it takes God whooping on us, um, or sending things or whatever, that's, that, we, we need that. Uh, if that's what's going to move us, and we know, you know from the Bible uh, that judgment is going to begin at the house of God. And as much as we look at you know, our nation and, and whatever, um, there's a lot to be said about the blame that Christians have for the condition of our, of our world. Uh, and, uh, and when things start to go, um, they're going first in, in, in churches. And what are we seeing now? Um, church after church after church, struggling, closing, without pastors, uh, numbers of them. Uh, when I was in Wisconsin, somebody told me, there's like 36 churches like ours in Wisconsin that didn't have a pastor. And it's like that everywhere. Uh, and uh, it is uh, a, a season or a time of empathy. So uh, here's, he said, John says, here's what you need to do. You just need to remember. So let's do that. Let's think about that. Remember when you first got saved what it was like, what it felt like. We sing the song, Burdens Are Lifted at Calvary. Uh, When I got saved, I was thankful uh, that uh, I was no longer going to pay for my sin debt. And nobody, I mean, I I knew I was bad, uh, but I didn't understand uh, that it was sin against an almighty God. Uh, But then I understood. And then I I knew uh, that I was born again, uh, and he washed me uh, thoroughly. Uh, and, And though my sins be as scarlet, they're white as snow. And, uh, and there was, there was uh, as a, a teenager, uh, and with all of the pressures of, of life as a teenager, just the normal stuff, the social pressures, 
uh, just the, the difficult things. At that time when I got saved, it was like well, my, my, the summer before my ninth grade year uh, of, of school. Uh, there was just a lot of things going on in my family. My parents were, you know, um, divorcing and there was alcoholism and just there was a, a stack of stuff that was weighing down on me uh, as a 14-year-old. But when I got saved, um, God changed all of that. Now, I didn't change my circumstances, but he changed how I looked at them. Uh, and, uh, and that was exactly what I needed. So whenever you get to the place where you start kind of, um, your Christianity becomes whole hum and, and a little bit of apathy kind of set, set in, the best thing you do is just remember. Just think, of, and it's not even thinking about the good old days. Uh, but it's but you got to go back purposefully, proactively, and remember uh, from from what you've fallen. Uh, how good God is! And this church, who was they were a good church, a strong church, um, and a mature church uh, that was a contending, caring, uh, patient, laboring um, against sin, calling people liars. They're not having it. They hate what God hates, and God says, "I've got something against you." Uh, because you've left your first love. Uh, remember, therefore, from whence thou art fallen. So he says, first of all, uh, that we should remember. Uh, but then he continues and says, repent. He says, remember, uh, and he says, and repent. So when you uh, or I get to that place to where uh, the, the gift of God is, uh, needs to be stirred up, uh, the coals are starting to get a uh, little bit cold, uh, and we're just kind of dialing in our Christianity and uh, singing the songs uh, from the hymns. Uh, and uh, we're just not really engaged, not really thinking of them. We just kind of, you know, oh, it's time to sit. Oh, it's time to stand. We go through the motions and we go home uh, and um, we don't even know. Uh, if uh, uh, young people, you can do this. Parents, you can do this. Young people, you get in the car tonight and just go, what'd you learn? You know, you know, you know what'd you learn today? And, uh, and if you're like, uh, you know, then maybe you're not listening. But, but, but why go to church, you know, two, three times on a Sunday, you know, Sunday school and two messages or whatever, uh, and zone out and think about everything else? Um, we're, we're missing something. But, but, you know, what's exciting is when somebody who's new uh, and they're saved and, the, and, I, and I preach something at the end, they're like, man, that's great. I didn't see that before. Uh, tell me about this, and they're excited about it. I'd much rather have somebody who might be confused and brand new and just kind of like, you know, stumbling through everything in the Bible and asking questions uh, than somebody who, who knows the Bible and doesn't live it, doesn't care about it. Uh, they're apathetic about it. So what does he say? You need to remember, but then you need to repent. Just need to get it right. Uh, you need to rem- remember what it was like and what you should be. And in, 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 uh, you've left your first love. Uh, and you need to pray to God and turn, and turn from it. Uh, humble ourselves and repent. It's like you're going in this direction. Now you're going in that direction. Uh, and uh, John the Revelator uh, is writing, uh, in 30 years, something had taken place uh, over those 30 years uh, from when they were instructed uh, to where God says, you've, you've left, you've left the, your first love. Remember and repent. And then the third thing and the last thing uh, is uh, to return or do. Uh, like you think of this, repentance is, re- repentance is more than words. Uh, it's actions. It's also works. It's also doing. He says repent and do uh, the first works. Uh, I was um, going to this afternoon uh, just go look up. Um, if you just go to the Bible and say, what does the Bible mean by doing first works? Uh, then you'll get scores of different stuff that comes up. I had to help you explain all that. Uh, but uh, I got a little tired and fell asleep in my office, and so uh, I, didn't Google, I didn't Google that uh, in preparation for the night. But you think of doing first works very simple. Um, it doesn't, we don't really have to think very hard. It's just going back to the basics. It's, 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 it's loving, it's teaching, it's discipling, it's winning people to Christ and seeing them baptized. It's, it's, it's doing um, what, what you did. When I, when I, I remember, and I have it in my office, uh, the first time that I went soul winning, an organized soul winning, winning with uh, a pa- Pastor Sorensen was his name. And before I went, um, I, I bought a New Testament because that's what they had. And so, you know, it's like, 
you know, if I go fishing somewhere and I don't have the right equipment, I look at the ones who are uh, doing it right, and I go get what they got. <laughs> I remember the first time I went on the rivers here, and I had, you know, um, the, the water's a lot bigger here than it is in Wisconsin, and I had all the wrong stuff. And, uh, and they're fishing with corky and all kinds of things and bait casting reels and, uh, and on and on. And so uh, I, I left the river and I went straight uh, to a sporting goods store and, and bought everything that I saw everybody else had. And then I went back and I looked like I knew what I was doing, but then I, but I didn't. Uh, but, I, but I looked cool. Uh, and, uh, and so uh, an old man come beside me and he taught me how to use the bait casting reel and, and everything else. And, uh, and so uh, I saw they're going soul winning. You know, they didn't have their big family Bible. Uh, they had a soul winning New Testament. So I went and got it. It's a burgundy one. It's in my office. Uh, and the very first time uh, that I went out with Pastor Sorensen uh, and uh, we led somebody to the Lord. And, uh, and, that, and that was awesome. And it's like I remember that. It's like it was yesterday. And by the way, one of the quickest ways uh, for you to... Uh, to renew and restore and, and stir up those coals of, uh, of apathy and stir up the gift of God that is in you uh, is to tell somebody about Christ and, 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 and lead them to the Lord. And uh, if that doesn't rekindle a fire, you don't, you don't have one. Uh, and uh, so he says, re- return. He says, remember. He says, repent. Uh, and then he says, to do or to go back and to do uh, the first works or else. I will come unto thee quickly and remove thy candlestick out of his place, except thou repent. And, um, and that's not, the candlestick could be, or it's the church, it's our influence. He's like, remove it, he's going to remove that. And, uh, and what we see in churches today uh, is uh, the churches are, um, I heard it said one time, if a church doesn't evangelize, eventually it will fossilize. And if we're not reaching people with Christ, all we do is we just kind of grow older and we all die off and go home to be with the Lord and there's nobody left. And uh, unfortunately, in today's Christianity, in our movement, if you will, or whatever, um, and, it's, and it's not, um, uh, it's young people that are going off and to do other things and they're not, they're not staying. Part of that is because they've not had the foundation. Their faith is not their own. They're living on their faith of their mom and dad uh, and then they go off and they go off into the world, and the world affects them. Uh, just like what I talked about at the beginning part of, of, of the message. Uh, it rubs off on them. Um, and you just got to, you know, God says not be cast about every wind of doctrine. There's a part of spiritual maturity that comes. Uh, and so if you're going to just like jump into, uh, you know, you're going to graduate from your Christian school uh, and enroll in the University of Washington. Um, I got news for you. Um, you might not be ready. Uh, but you should, you should know what you believe as a high schooler. Uh, and, uh, and hopefully uh, that uh, is true. So what do we do? Um, we heed the warning. So we know, as we have the whole Bible in front of us, um, that Paul, uh, from prison, encouraged the church of Ephesus, wrote them a doctrinal book, and taught them that they can armor up the whole armor of God uh, so that they can withstand the evils of the day, of course, the wiles of the devil, uh, and, uh, and that church contended. They lived for God. They had Timothy uh, to pastor. At some point, uh, he was discouraged. He writes 2 Timothy, tells him, you endure hardness as a good soldier uh, of Christ, and you just stick it out. Uh, and for a time, um, they did. And God said some wonderful things about them. Uh, but they didn't repent. Uh, they didn't remember. They didn't repent, and they didn't return. You say, how do you know that? Uh, because just a few short years later, uh, and one of the reasons why, maybe I've had some difficult uh, time this, this, uh, today and yesterday uh, trying to find out who was pastoring the church of Ephesus was because it didn't exist. At, at a certain point, it's God removed that candlestick. And, um, and so we think, we read that and go, well, history, we know that it's no longer there. And we can say, well, all these churches are no longer there. All this time has passed, etc. And that is true. Um, but we know historically, biblically, uh, that this church didn't heed what John said, and it was short-lived at that point. And so we can't just go, okay, um, that's terrible. Uh, we make application to us as Christians now. And there are a lot of, there are a lot of good things about, um, about our church. 
And there's a lot of good things that we do. Uh, and there are a lot of things that we do that please God. Uh, and, uh, and I think that God is good to us. But I would dare to say uh, there are a lot of people uh, in our church uh, that have left their first love. Um, their religion, their church, their faith has become mechanical. Uh, and, uh, and there's apathy that has set in. The coals are cold uh, and they just need to be stirred. Stirred by preaching, yes, uh, but at an altar, uh, in your prayer closet, the secret place, like they sang this morning, uh, and getting alone with God uh, and stirring it up, praying, seeking His face, um, getting in preaching, listening to preaching. Uh, you should do that. You know, turn, turn off your music and turn some preaching on in your car. Uh, and they say, well, I listen to good godly music. That is great. Uh, and, uh, um, but, but hear more Bible. Uh, what about you just have, you know, read, hear the Bible in your car? Uh, you know, that might be a good thing too. Maybe you'll lower your blood pressure a little bit while you're driving. Uh, and uh, and uh, all kinds of things will be better. But all I know is this, is that it's terrible for us to, to know all the history uh, in what God has written to these churches and to see how it unfolded and then just chalk it up like, you know, um, you know, information, you know, uh, there's like, I don't remember what the code is, but sometimes like a dispatcher would go to a police officer and say whatever, and then they, they would call back and they would, they would give this code. And basically the code is like, just it's information. Uh, and then they, and they clear it out. That's what we do. It's like, oh, that's great. Uh, and then we just clear it out uh, and, and, uh, and file it away. But what if we just learn and we decide we're going we're gonna to think about where we came from and what all the good things that God has done for us, repent of our wicked ways, seek his face, uh, and then return to the first works. Um, and then, uh, then our church is, you know, be 54, five, 55, 60 years, 75 years. If the Lord doesn't come back, faithfully serve it. And God can say, I, know, I knew your works, uh, that you're this and this and this and this. Uh, and guess what? You didn't leave your first love. Uh, and uh, God say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Uh, but in order for us to have that as a church corporate, we have to have that uh, as Christians individually. And so tonight when we pray, just ask yourself, um, am I doing first works? If I left my first love, am I just dialing in my faith and whatever? I'm here on a Sunday night. That's, that's something uh, that you're in church uh, on a Sunday evening. A lot of churches um, are, are closed altogether. Uh, and uh, some churches don't for whatever reasons have those. But you're here. You're in, you're in, in a church service. That is great. Um, but there's, there could be reasons that aren't right reasons that you're here. Um, you know, if you drug yourself off, off your couch and whatever, say, oh, I got to go to church. If I don't go to church, uh, pastor's going to be calling uh, and, uh, and wondering where I'm at, whatever, and nagging me. And so that's not, it's not worth staying home and having that. Uh, so I'm just going to go. Um, you know why you're here. And if it isn't because you love Jesus and, and, and you want to hear the word of God preached and you want, and you, you want to worship God in singing uh, and there's some other reason, maybe, maybe you ought to confess that to the Lord tonight. Remember, repent, return. Uh, that was the prescription for them. They didn't take it. Um, but I hope that you do. Let's all stand tonight uh, with our heads bowed and our eyes closed.